Hello, Restoration Church. I'm Pastor Mark. And I'm Pastor Ken. And we are so glad you are joining us as we continue the conversation. This past Sunday, you delivered the fourth message in our Sacred Invitation series. There were a lot of great thoughts and questions that came out of it. This might be a little longer episode, but uh, we hope you'll stick around for for the whole conversation. So you talked about the journey, in particular, a journey without signs. Yeah, I'm thankful for the progress we've made with technology. It's a lot easier to get where we need to go these days, thanks to GPS. <laughs> um, but it wasn't always that easy. Yeah, I remember as a kid, you know, preparing for a big trip as a family, my dad would look over the the big book of maps, the atlas, right? Uh, you know, of course, he had to turn the page once a state boundary was crossed. Uh, we'd look at it over and, and chart our course, having no clue about the potential for construction on the roadways, what exits had a gas station, what exits had restaurants, a Chick-fil-A to be exact. Uh, and now all we have to do is ask a computer we carry around in our pockets and we can have that information in seconds. Makes you wonder how we ever survive. And <laughs> we, we like to know where we are going, what the route looks like, the fastest way there, uh, what the holdups are going to be, the alternative routes. When it comes to faith, we don't get any of that. We, we know where we're going ultimately, but the path to get there is not always easy or, or maybe what we would have picked. Right. In Mark 8, the Pharisees come to Jesus and they question him. They ask him for a sign. And the text says he, he being Jesus, sighed deeply and said, why does this generation ask for a miraculous sign? Right. He sighed deeply. He, he obviously understood what was going on. They were trying to test him. If we're not careful, we can do the same thing. Our trust and our obedience can can be conditional. Do this, Jesus, then then I'll follow. Um, classic case of the backseat driver. Mm-hmm. We think we know what's best, and if we can't resist letting God know what our journey should look like. Turn here, stop there, you know, get off the next exit. We think we know what's best. But of course, in reality, it's God's leadership that we need. Jesus doesn't show up and say, Hey, I'll follow you. Where, where are you going? No, he says, follow me. Yeah, we might respond to that with, where, where are we going, Lord? And he says, come and see. Mm-hmm. We usually don't get to see the turns, the detours, the speed bumps, the potholes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what can make the journey so exciting at times. And at other times, it, it gives us a reality check. We have to ask ourselves, do we really trust him? Is Jesus, a leader worth following? Something that can can help us with answering those questions in our own lives is remembering God's faithfulness. When I think about the deliverance of the people of God from Egypt in the book of Exodus, they were instructed to not take any leaven with them. Remember in the story there that we looked at Sunday, there was this, this leaven that Jesus said, beware of mm-hmm. uh, this, this leaven that they weren't supposed to take with them out of Egypt. It could have been hundred years old. I mentioned on Sunday, I found this 
233-year-old verified San Francisco sourdough for sale on eBay um, for $10.99 or something like that. I'm like, this is crazy. And how do you verify something like that anyway? I actually found something that was like 900 years old. And I'm thinking, this is, this is nuts. This is crazy. The Exodus, though, in so many ways, it symbolized a fresh start. You throw out the old leaven. You're not taking any leaven with you. You start all over. It's a journey of new beginnings. They had had many signs along the way. You know, God parted the Red Sea when Pharaoh's army was closing in. He turned water that was bitter into something sweet to drink with, with a piece of wood. He provided manna from heaven. He provided water from a rock. On and on and on. The signs were there. But the journey wasn't about the signs. It was about God's leadership. All of these signs and more pointed to a God who was trustworthy. But they, like the disciples, like us, easily forget the provision and forget that we can trust God. I think about Moses telling the people over and over and over again, do not forget the faithfulness of God. He encouraged them, tell your kids, <laughs> write it on your door frames, talk about it in the morning, at mealtime, in the evening, in your coming and going. But we can't forget this, he would encourage the people. You know, he pointed them to the signs. It's important to recognize the signs, yet they continued to forget. They grumbled. You, you remember, you know, and there in the wilderness, they complained to Moses and Aaron. You've brought us out here to die. We wish we were back in Egypt, right? They failed to depend on God's leadership. And we might think, read those stories and, and think to ourselves, what is the problem with these people, right? But before we point the finger, we must ask ourselves, are we guilty of doing the exact same thing? I said on Sunday, it's, it's easy to notice God in the biggies. Um, at least for me, you know, maybe <clears throat> maybe they listened to Moses from time to time and, and they remembered God showing up and showing off in the big events. Maybe some of their struggles were birthed out of not noticing God in in the normal mm. God in the cloud by day and and fire by night that they saw that every day, every night. I, I'm sure it had become so routine to see it. Do we notice God in the normal? Has it become just routine for us? Do we notice God in the mundane? We, we experience the blessings of God every day. I have food in the fridge, the kindness of a friend, family that loves me, you know, uh, a community of faith that walks with me, the measure of health that provides another day, uh, the beauty of a new bloom in the flower bed, the very breath that I'm breathing right now. We are blessed each and every day by the provision and faithfulness of God. Do we notice that? Do we notice God in the normal? Yeah, it's easy to take those things for granted. I know in our small group this week, we talked about the miraculous, the mundane, and the miserable. The miraculous, the biggies that you talked about, it's it's easy to recognize God's goodness. We usually don't, don't struggle with that. I think if we can get a hold of recognizing God's goodness in the mundane, I think that helps us more and more 
in those moments when we're experiencing the miserable. Right. Sure. It's never easy in the miserable, but but if we're in the habit of rehearsing God's faithfulness, mm -hmm. trusting him day by day, maybe it increases the likelihood that we don't forget that the God who was God in the miraculous on the mountaintop is the same God and is still God in the valley in in the miserable. Mm -hmm. And that looks different for everybody. You know, maybe it's taking time at night to replay your day. Uh, I think you and your teens are doing some of that in mm -hmm. these days through Lent. Uh, giving thanks for where God showed up. Maybe it's journaling, looking back from time to time, then in your journals to see his faithfulness. Maybe it's setting an alarm on your phone to remind you every day to recognize God in the normal. It helps us to simply live with a trusting obedience that endures even in the miserable, yeah. in the suffering and the pain, we can choose to trust. When we lack understanding, we can choose to trust. We don't need a sign. We remember God is good and can be trusted, and we can depend on his leadership. So let's talk about prayer. There was a great question that came up about prayer. The question is this, are we wrong to ask God for stuff? Is there a difference between submitting our request in prayer and asking for a sign? Do we still beg and, and plead for God to move in our lives and in, in our situations? That's a great question. I think we can distinguish between submitting our requests and asking for a sign. I think there's a difference there. And it comes down to where do we land in our prayers? Is God on trial with our prayers? Um, is our trust con conditional or do we trust no matter what life deals us or, or where God leads us? A great example of this is Jesus's prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew where the journey was taking him. And he begged and he pleaded to the point of sweating blood. Please, Father, let this cup pass from me. It, and if Jesus can beg, if Jesus can plead with right. the Father, I think it's okay for us to do that. We can be honest with God. We see that again and again and again in Scripture. He longs for that. We, he, he can handle it. Mm -hmm. He can handle our honesty. But where does Jesus land in that story? Not my will, but your will be done. Yep. It's your leadership. God's goodness, His faithfulness, His trustworthiness should never be on on the table he is all those things and and more our situations and suffering do not change that in fact it's the reason we're able to endure and, and persevere and, and be patient in in affliction we can rest in god's goodness and know our hope is not in vain even when we don't see him working in our midst uh, he is present and we can trust that and know that we we can trust him if if you are listening to this on thursday uh and you haven't read today's devotional it fits perfectly with what we're talking about right now you can go back and read it if you haven't it starts on page 97 the author talks about the difference between grumbling and groaning the apostle paul uh, in romans 8 says we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. We ourselves groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. 
But the devotional says this, the, the grumbler thinks, give me a sign, Jesus, you know, walks away empty handed. Uh, the groaner will be saved by hope, though. Neither, this is a quote from the book, neither may fully understand the work of God in their midst, but perfect understanding is far less important than trusting obedience. I'm, I'm thankful we can be honest with God. We don't have to act like we aren't suffering. We don't have to act like we aren't wounded, that we're not living in pain. We too can groan alongside creation as we await Jesus's return. We call out to God in the hurt, in the regret, in the doubt, trusting the work of God in and among us. Paul connects our groans to the, the pains of childbirth. Uh, we're talking with our students this week about this passage. And I mentioned to the students, I, I don't even begin to think I understand the pains of childbirth. <laughs> but I do know they are all-encompassing, right? They are overwhelming. And I love what the author says about that. She says, but it is suffering that is headed somewhere, mm -hmm. namely to deliverance in the form of birth, of new life. That is the living hope we have following God's leadership. Yeah. And remember, Paul says, in our groaning, the Spirit comes alongside us and expresses our hearts to God. There are, <clears throat> there are moments in life we might long to pray, but, but the suffering is so deep that words escape us. And in those moments, we can rest in the assurance the Spirit intercedes for us. We don't have to resort to needing a sign. Would it be nice? Yeah, it would be nice. Do we ask God to do the miraculous? Absolutely. But is my trust based upon what Jesus will do? It shouldn't be, no matter the outcome. God has proven himself faithful. He, he is still good and working for the good of those who are following him. This is, this is heavy stuff. It's, a, it's mm -hmm. a heavy conversation, but it's an important one. And we really do hope this conversation continues. But in the meantime, we invite you to consider again these questions. On your journey, do you find yourself asking Jesus for a sign? Or are you living in trusting obedience, depending fully on God's leadership? There was a song that came to my mind uh, as I was thinking through uh, what we'd be talking about. It came out a few years ago. Uh, the lyrics seem like a good way to, to wrap this episode up. It's called More Than Anything, and our prayer today is that this will be our, our living testimony. I know if you wanted to, you could wave your hand, spare me this heartache and change your plan. And I know any second you could take my pain away, but even if you don't, I pray. Help me want the healer more than the healing. Help me want the Savior more than the saving. Help me want the giver more than the giving. Help me want you, Jesus, more than anything. You know more than anyone that my flesh is weak, and you know I'd give anything for a remedy. And I'll ask a thousand more times to set me free today, but even if you don't, I pray. Help me want the healer more than the healing.
Help me want the Savior more than the saving. Help me want the giver more than the giving. Help me want you, Jesus, more than anything. When I'm desperate and my heart's overcome, all that I need, you've already done. Help me want you, Jesus, more than anything. Thanks again for listening in. We would love for you to follow or subscribe if you haven't already so you can catch the next episode. We look forward to continuing the conversation with you.